We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. we gonna see him soon. You feel me? On the bright side, you know, not the worst coaching performance by an NFL coach in week three uh, in this game tonight. Welcome to the Butting Heads post-game special edition podcast. I'm Steve Rivera here as always with Johnny Gomez. Uh, the Rams lose 19-16 to to the Cincinnati Bengals Super Bowl rematch Monday Night Football. This game just ended, so if there are any developments in the post-game, we probably will not see them. Uh, Johnny, you know... Before this season, we talked a lot about how it was exciting to see what the Rams did this year because their expectations were so low um, that it would have been hard to get disappointed. And boy, uh, it only took three weeks, three games for that opinion to change. Uh, We were made to believe that this Rams team was good after two games, and they still might be. Uh, and then it really, really is even all the more painful when you actually have expectations and they go out and do what they just did in this football game. Boy, uh, no kidding, man. Uh, I, you know, you and I have been harping on this all off season, how there was little expectations whatsoever. And that was certainly warranted only for there in week three to be, well, maybe not extremely high expectations, but enough expectations to expect a win tonight. And on all accounts, they should have won this game, but played such uninspiring football that it just... They they end up losing by three. And it it just... It's awful. It's such a deflating feeling. And I don't want to hear anyone pointing towards that interception that they didn't overturn as 
the reason we lost this game or even or even the 2-2 called back touchdown. That was super deflating. Um, both of them, and I mean, we, we'll talk about the interception later. I don't really think it was a huge deal that they didn't overturn that. I think just the fact that they did overturn the 2-2 call and then didn't overturn that, I think, was the bigger frustration for me um, just because they were both pretty hard to overturn. But, like, it was such a winnable game. And if we even got a mediocre, you know, performance by the offense when it counted, they it will be much reported. I, I think they went they were 0 and 10 on third downs up until the literal last offensive snap of the game they had where they scored a touchdown. They had so many drives, one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, six, seven. I think seven out of what? Eight, nine. This is a great podcasting. 10, 11, 12. Seven out of 12 drives went for three or less plays. Uh, I mean, that's just, that's not going to do it. And yeah, it's brutal. And I almost, I don't know. Do you want to start with the offense or the defense? Do we want to get, do we want to start positive or come in swinging and then get positive later? Well, I I think uh, we should take the, uh, you know, the boss approach where it's like, I've noticed your performance lately hasn't met expectations, but... And, yeah, go from there. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. So we'll start low and we'll go high. Um, I think before we get into this offensive segment, because I'm sure this is going to be very... Go off to the uh, left along with Tyler, um, Hig- with Tyler Higby. Did I just play a clip from this game? I'm sorry. Uh, we are, everybody on the field in this game is better than 99.9 people who have ever put on a football helmet. I just want to clarify that before we talk about the offense, because I think we have a new, you know, arguably contender for the worst player performance that we have ever seen since we've been covering this team in this game, uh, which is not something I would like to hand out to anybody. But I think just before we get into, like, the individuals and, like, the... Just, I don't know, ESPN keeps fucking auto-playing clips of Logan Wilson getting an interception, and I'm going to flip the fuck out because uh, I do not want this on our <laughs> podcast. Um, It's just... It, Sean McVay, for all the credit we gave him in week one and to a lesser extent week two, of how well he was coaching this team, god damn, this is one of his worst performances we've ever seen. And what is this, year seven? Um just abysmal really start to finish the red zone play calling was crazy i'm not maybe you're different oh my god they're playing the fucking play again every time i switch i need to find a new box score um <laughs> johnny i wish you could hear this because it's probably way funnier than i, I think steve's doing it on purpose he, um <laughs> he he's trying to He's trying to pour on the the humiliation a little bit. Talk about Sean McVay while I figure this out. Because, like, oh, my God, man. This just – it felt like (laughs) any time they could make the incorrect decision, they just made it. 
<laughs> okay. So, yeah, I to kind of add to what Steve was saying, Sean McVay, I, I really don't understand a lot of the play calling today. I understand that there were some issues, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, that maybe he had to adjust and maybe play to their strengths a little bit. Obviously, there were some injuries on the offensive line, particularly when Alaric Jackson went out. And, you know, that that happens. That's entirely true. And he does have to adjust a little bit. But still, like, there was so many things where it's like, dude, what are you doing? You know? Well, let's uh, let's start with the, the Alaric Jackson thing before we really get into it. Because, so he he's out. I don't remember. Did he get injured before halftime? Or did we find out he was injured at halftime? I think we found out he was injured at halftime. But it's halftime. Okay, so you're not in the middle of a possession. Um, you have time at halftime to make adjustments. And I'm just in fucking disbelief that we are paying Joe Noteboom left tackle money. And we know his backup, Tremaine Ankrum, who you know made some mistakes in this game, is not that bad. And the fact that they looked at this, it was halftime, and they decided that putting Joe Noteboom at left tackle was not the the best path forward in this game was insane. And it is not the only reason they lost this game. And I, I mean, absolutely no disrespect to Zach Thomas, who subbed in here, uh, who I believe is an undrafted free agent who really impressed in camp and uh, was not somebody penciled in to make the roster who earned that roster spot. But... You, you you pay Joe Noteboom to be your left tackle. And I, I get it that he lost a job. Alert. If anyone's stock won up this game, it is motherfucking Alaric Jackson, man. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, the I can't believe they didn't put him there. And that ultimate, that's not the only reason we lost this game. But as soon as we got down by a touchdown, this shit was a wrap. Uh, because as soon as Trey Henderson smelled blood, I feel like he... He did literally the same exact pass rush as Zach Thomas. It was probably only like four plays where it really worked. It felt like 7,000. Uh, he just ran right past him continuously. And they didn't send help for Zach Thomas. And I kind of feel bad for him on that part. Uh, he is, you know, this is a huge moment from his first NFL downs. Um, but he kind of played like you would expect somebody with this pedigree to play. It was... Dare I say, Jameel Demby, Bobby Evans, Mount Rushmore of some of the worst fucking football I've ever seen. Um, and again, this guy is in the NFL, okay? I, I don't mean any disrespect here. Compared to NFL players, he's had a great football career. Uh, and they're not, it's not like they're going to cut him. But goddamn, man, what do you like? Are you, are, do you feel different that, like, I can't believe they didn't put Noteboom over there when you come out of halftime and you don't have Alaric Jackson? It, it was very odd to see that, it, especially because even if you don't feel Noteboom is is the starting left tackle this year, clearly the guy has experience there, and he would have a lot better success, in my opinion, than Thomas would, who I is just entering so, his man. first year. You know, it, it's not. It, it makes zero sense why they went down this path. And I just, it, it just baffles me. Like, 
were, what were you trying to accomplish here? And let's say, okay, fine. You know, you're, you're plugging in Thomas there. Uh, weird, but okay, you want to go that route. Why aren't you helping the guy out? Clearly he's outmatched, you know? Can you send in an, another blocker? You know, can you, uh, I don't know, bring in Higby to help something? You know, I, at, at this point, I think even Skorana could have helped, you know? I just, I, I'm just so confused and baffled by that decision. And uh, I, I, I'm i wondering, wh- where the hell is Kevin Dotson at, at that point also? I mean, I mean, they gave up. Uh, this was a game where it felt like they gave up, and it was it was like a one score game when it felt like they gave up, which is just fucking it's it, it's crazy, man. It was it was vintage like Sean McVay losing trust in like one thing and just just giving up, man. Uh, I hate it, and there were two two easy plays to to, to point to. I feel like was I'm trying to find when. And it was a third and sixteen on the nineteen. They're down. Um, what's the score in this game? It, it's still nine to sixteen, right? Yes. And this is a. I'm I'm not used to the NFL.com box score. Bear with me. I. It, the third quarter wasn't even over. And and they, and they ran a draw, and like, they barely ran the run all game. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, and then you're gonna do it at that point. And and keep in mind the play before was third and one, and they didn't run the football. They threw a pass. It worked, but uh, a penalty unfortunately brought them back on on Ankrum. You're not going to run the ball there, but you're going to run it in the most cowardly situation possible. Not even try to get the first down. And then what really drove me nuts. And I don't know if this is popular opinion. I didn't see enough of it on on X or fucking X. I I hate that I have to call it that. Um, it was uh, about six minutes left in the fourth quarter. They're still they're down uh, they're down ten right. Fourth and five. There's six minutes left. Yo, if you punt the ball, the game is over. You're essentially banking on getting an onside kick at some point, right? Fucking five yeah. yards, dude. Go for it. What are we doing? You have absolutely no momentum. Punting it is not going to get you anywhere. That's just that's just giving up. Uh, and it felt like they gave up. And I like, I guess I get it in the fact that the anytime Stafford drops back, once the Bengals realized that all they had to do was blitz and we wouldn't be able to move the ball up an inch, uh, they just went for it. And to their credit, to their defense's credit, they it it worked. Um, but like, yeah, man, I hated that they quit. It, it was, it was really frustrating. I hate when they do this shit. I mean, I feel like McVay does it all the time. Yeah. And what's so strange about the whole matter is I can understand almost if you're down by, I don't know, maybe 14 to 21 points, but they were in it the entire game and still played with zero passion played with zero urgency it it was like okay guys we we still want to be in play for caleb williams you know let's try and make this a a thing i don't think that's what's happening but god it felt like that yeah Uh, and 
like like yeah you punt you're not winning if you punt it there you're not fucking winning and if you if you go for it and you don't get it and you hold them to a field goal you probably have the same chance of winning you would have had if you punted it realistically um i i just i hated that so much um obviously in the second half stafford didn't really have a chance but I, I thought this was a horrible game from him even before. Uh, oh, my God. The, the, the play will not stop playing. Um, I, I'm closing ESPN, and I'm going to try to remember to use NFL.com. Um, I thought he was bad. That interception that they didn't go overturn, that was a dog shit throw. Um, he, he rarely throws the ball away. I think that's a trait that... I, I kind of forgot about because how well he played the first two weeks. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I him and McVay really tag team to uh, muck this game up uh, in a game where, you know, maybe because we're only seeing them catch the ball. I thought kind of the whole receiving core played well. You know, Van Jefferson finally did something. Tutu played really well. Puka did pretty well. Uh, Higby showed up. It just, I don't know, man. It felt like Stafford was really off today. And I, I, I'm sure they'll, I, I, I'm not saying I'm losing faith in him or even McVay long term, but uh, it, it was brutal. It, it's, this was fucking brutal. I'm sure if you check Rams Twitter, there's going to be a lot of people calling for McVay's job. <laughs> have you checked the Rams talk Twitter feed? I, I Derek is losing I... his goddamn mind over there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't surprise me. It, it, it always happens during like a – and mind you, don't get me wrong. I, I don't blame people for being upset and being a little bit um, over overly dramatic about it because, hey, we're fans. We're passionate, you know. We're, we're rambling, you know. We, we, get, we get passionate about, uh, you know, the Rams whenever they play uninspiring football, but – it's like relax, guys. It's it's week three. We weren't expecting much from this team anyway, but it's it's not that serious. It's really not. Uh, yeah, and I mean, th- this is you know they're one and two, but this is really the first bad game I would say they've had, uh, and For a sure. tough game because it was a game that didn't look like it would be winnable until the week of the game. You know, going into the season, neither of us thought this game would even be remotely close. And, yeah, I think that just adds to the frustration that, like, they could have and probably should have walked out of here with a W. Um, And I can't wait to talk about how good the defense played. Uh, But we still got some stuff to to mark off on the offense, I think. Um, eh, What else? Is there anything else on the offense that we didn't hit? Can you believe the Kieran Williams interception almost happened a second weekend in a row? A week in a row. It was just uh just the um pretty much the I almost feel like the the ground uh blocked the uh the ball for the defender. It just it was weird how that the whole ordeal happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's crazy. Um yeah, just you go 0 and ten on third downs until your last play of the game. You go 0 and three in the red zone until your last play of the game. You turn the ball over twice. You can't win. Like, you just literally cannot win unless you're hitting tons of big play touchdowns, which 
they had a couple nice chunk plays in this game. Uh, four, five different players had catches of 20 or more yards in this game. Like, that's insane. So you kind of see, like, they they could do nothing in the short game. All of their big plays were chunk plays. Like, every everything that felt like it was succeeding. Yeah, it's... And, and this is, to be fair, this is part of the reason uh, why... I feel like Matthew Stafford does miss Cooper Cup. Um, you know, obviously this, you know, Puka Nakua has served him well, but he, he's not Cooper Cup, obviously. So this is where he would have used Cooper Cup as a safety blanket and it would have worked. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that they would have won because, quite frankly, I'm not so sure. But, yeah, we'll see how everything plays out. When uh, when he gets back, um, I think we have a couple of weeks because uh, we're going into week four. So we have two more weeks until uh, we get Cooper Cup back. And, man, we could certainly use him. Yes. <laughs> yes, we can. Uh, I'm really excited to see how this receiving core looks when he's back out there. Uh, just to run through some of the box score, Matthew Stafford, 18-33 for 269 yards, sacked six times, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, I think we kind of dove in on him. Here's the thing everyone's talking about, Johnny. I mean, even all the shit we just said. Kyron Williams runs the ball 10 times for 38 yards. Uh, I think Matthew Stafford dropped back 40 times in this game, if I'm reading the stats correctly here. So... Uh, 2-2 and Van Jefferson each had a carry. So 12 design runs, 40 design dropbacks. In a game that, for almost the entirety of the game, was a one-score game. People are flipping out about that ratio. How do you feel about it? Yeah, it's it's definitely not what you want to see, especially considering how it, it appeared for the first two weeks that McVeigh was making an effort to, you know, balance the offense a little bit. It, it never really was completely balanced, but it was certainly a lot better of an effort than in recent years. And it's like he completely did a 360 in this game. And and again, I understand that this has a lot to do with the injury on the offensive line. And yeah, anytime there's any sort of disturbance uh, with with the starting unit kind of that's a safety blanket. Just have his quarterback drop back, you know, 30 to 50 times a game and, you know, try to win that way. It, it's not going to work. You know, it, it may work here and there, but um, if it's not working, it's not working. You know, you got to change it up somehow. You got to adjust somehow. And we just didn't see that at all in this game. No, and the not the not that Kyron Williams was lighting it up, but uh, he was running fine. So yeah, it was just he, he. I feel like they just got it was. There's games occasionally where McVeigh just gets so deep in his own head. It it's crazy how some of the shit he calls. And then like we saw in Week One, some unbelievable play calling and game planning. Um, and then like. Man, as soon as as soon as Trey Hendrickson got his first half, first sack, this this shit was a wrap. Uh, I I lost all faith because you could tell he was about to bully that band for the rest of the game. And the Bengals adapted. Uh, they 
play, played defensively just as perfect as you could have played from that point out. Um, so credit to them, uh, even though for the vast majority of this game, they were also trying to lose the game. Uh, they picked it up at the end of the game, defensively at least. Yeah, um, I mean, it was not a, it was not a good game at all. No, this is ugly the, football. Yeah, it was actually a relatively boring game. <laughs> Incredibly boring. If I had no stake in this game, I would have turned it off. Fair. <laughs> uh, anything else offensively? Um, the, the line played okay until Zach Thomas came in. Yep. But I, I still think I don't think Stafford was playing great when, before he came in, so I don't really have a lot of sympathy there. No, he wasn't. But to be fair, that's literally the most important. I, I would say it's the most important position on on the offense to lose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, clearly, uh, and especially when you are that's that's where your backup gives you. Uh, personal antidote for me, I bet $5 on Tyler Higby for his touchdown score. Nobody scored a touchdown until the middle of the third quarter, and it was almost Tyler Higby on a play where uh, <laughs> the Bengals called the timeout at the last possible second and actually threw Tyler Higby a touchdown, uh, and the announcers didn't notice. I'm not even touching this. It was blatant that they were blowing the whistle the entire time. Uh, I feel like some people acted like that timeout should have been called. They were blowing their whistles immediately. Uh, but that was a real tease. They really teased me on that bet all day. <laughs> um, We'll take a quick break here and then talk about the defense. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, I mean, like, this is a part of the podcast where if you aren't a negative, Nancy, like we are. Dude, this was a unbelievable, unbelievable performance by this defense, considering the personnel limitations they have and considering who they're playing against. And I know Joe Burrow's not 100%. Um, but, like, they could not stop Jamar Chase whatsoever. He could. He was doing everything he wanted. The Rams turned the ball over twice. And to only give up 19 points, man, that is a miraculous performance by this defense. Uh, I thought 
The game planning in the first half was incredible by Raheem Morris. He showed up to coach. Uh, at least somebody on the staff showed up to coach today. Uh, Aaron Donald, unbelievable as always. But like in a game where Jamar Chase had 12 catches for 141 yards, they gave up under 20 points. And this is a defense that, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time or if you've been following the team, like this secondary on paper is is very bad. Um, and this pass rush on paper is very bad. Um, but they have outperformed expectations this year, and I thought, um, no, certainly a better de- – maybe not like their – it's hard to argue that Seattle wasn't their best defensive performance in the year just because that second half, but this was really impressive how they just didn't break. And the offense, our offense was giving them every fucking chance to break with how short our possessions were in the second half. Uh, and they just, they, they did the absolute best they could. And it's a, such a bummer that our offense didn't return the favor in this game. Yeah. I mean, the uh, kind of the, the second half breakdown of the defense and keep in mind, it wasn't like they, uh, you know, just kind of gave up or anything. They, they still limited the, uh, you know, the Bengals offense, it's attributed to the offense just kind of surrendering the ball so quickly. It, it was kind of ridiculous. And you, you can't expect a defense to contain, especially an offense like the Bengals, at, you know, it, even if if it's not at its full capacity, you, you got to know that the Bengals offense is going to perform at some level. And the fact that the Rams were able to limit them to just 19 points is nothing short of amazing. You know, there was absolutely zero pass rush once again. There was, um, you know, obviously they couldn't contain uh, Jamar Chase, which is not an easy feat to do with any defense, much less a a defense that's very inexperienced. So um, I I think this was a, a... miraculous way to contain them because by all accounts, the Bengals really should have dominated this game. You know, the Rams offense wasn't doing anything. They couldn't stop chase. They couldn't get to borrow. It was very few times they actually did. So to actually limit them to just 19 points, I'm amazed. I really am. Yeah. I, I never thought the Rams would hang in a game where the offense gave them this little. Um, and I don't think this t- team is designed to do that. And especially when you're playing the Bengals, they ran 74 plays compared to 52 for us. Uh, and we actually held them to 4.2 yards play, where on the flip side, we averaged 5.6 yards play, which is, I don't really know how to explain that statistic because it's, it's crazy. Uh, but... I, I wouldn't even say, man, you said the pass rush was non-existent. I thought there was pressure at times, um, not not nonstop. But, again, considering the personnel of this team, they they did sack Burrow twice. Uh, Donald, I this was, uh, I feel like, the best game we've seen from Aaron Donald maybe since the Super Bowl. Is that crazy to say? He played, he played unbelievable. Only yeah. one sack, but last season he really didn't play much yeah no he he was a man on a mission today and uh 
he left it all out there. I I hate that he had to deal with his offense. I, I never thought we would be looking at a box score of a game this season where we're sitting here saying the defense fucking brought it and they lost by three and both teams scored under 20. And the Bengals, man, like, ugh. They played so good. The, the defense played so good. Um, I'm sure there are people looking at that Jamar Chase stat line and saying, like, how could you do that? Listen, man, look at our depth chart, okay? It's shocking that something like this didn't happen sooner uh, because I know Jamar Chase is the best receiver we played, but, like, DK Metcalf is good. Brandon Ayuk is good. Debo Samuel's good. Uh, this is going to happen. Uh, if we played the Vikings this year, this would happen again. Uh, there is an elite class of receiver that we just do not have the personnel to guard. And the fact that outside of him, uh, I guess Mixon did did a decent job of running, well, 19 carries for 65 yards. It could be worse. Um, they stood their ground, man, and, and they completely took T. Higgins out of the game. He started eight times. He had two catches. Uh, nobody else had over 40 yards through the air. It, it was great. And, you know, like, if we can consistently get – if the defense through three games, like if this is who the defense is, if we get variations of what we've seen in the first three games, uh, I think we will definitely very much make a playoff push if the offense can never do anything like this again. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? But uh, I got to give my boy Akella Witherspoon a oh shout out for God, that hit. Holy shit, man. I was like, how the hell did he come down with that? That's the most impressive interception I think I've I've seen a Rams player ever make. It was, and and he earned every bit of that. Like it wasn't, you know, something that got deflected into his hands. He literally earned that by ripping it away from T. Higgins. <laughs> yeah. Um That was unbelievable. That was and what more can we even say? Man, that was a fucking one of the best plays I've, I've ever seen a player make in the NFL. Uh, and on T. Higgins. Yeah, man. Like, dude, they, it's defense balled out. Uh, they, they got Aaron Donald's got to be fucking livid that at, at what transpired in this game because, my God, man, this was so impressive. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I, I will say this again, even though I hate moral victories and I kind of made This is a, not a moral victory. No, I mean, it's a partial one. No, it ain't, dude. There's nothing about this as a win. I, I got I to gotta give it a partial one because the defense did uh, a hell of a job. So you got you got to kind of give them a partial one here. The offense made this uh, uh, completely not a moral victory. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's why I'm kind of giving it to them because uh, – this is three straight weeks of the Rams defense, you know, kind of doing a solid job. 
even last week against the 49ers, they did a solid job against, you know, quite possibly one of the best offenses in football, you know? So I best overall, one of the best overall teams, really. So I I'm, I'm giving a moral victory here. I, I hate it. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely not giving them a moral victory. Um, I, I understand I'm sick to my stomach. This was a disgusting performance. Um, even I don't think the pros of the defense today outweigh the cons of the offense. I don't think you could have a moral victory when it's a winnable game against a team that you are not that much worse than. I'm not going to say we're better than the Bengals, but through three games this season, we are not that much worse than them. I, am I, I thought I was podcasting with Steve today. Am I podcasting with Derek? Did you watch this game? This was disgusting. It, it was. I, I can't deny that. It really was. Last week is a moral victory, and, and this is kind of this is what qualified it. Because I'm sure some people are listening, like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? This is so stupid. Uh, Football is <laughs> about wins and losses, and especially after this game, people might have shut off the podcast when you call this a moral victory. Hey, uh, you know what? I I gotta I gotta you know help me process what I just watched because you know I'm not entirely sure still. So. Last week, you're playing the 49ers, like you said, one of the best teams in the NFL. And you, even though the defense gave up 30 points, like, if you don't turn the ball over twice, you probably win. And I think that's when you're sitting there like, yeah, that that they, they could have beaten, you know, I would at least through three games, probably if you see any power rankings, I bet they're one or two. Um that that to me was a moral victory. I even if we don't make those two turnovers, man, I'm not convinced that we win this game. Yeah. Maybe we do. Yeah, I mean, I see your point. I do, but uh, again, still trying to process what exactly I saw. <laughs> Anyone else that we didn't call out? trying to look at my list i think we had everything on my list um i think we had everything if alari jackson is out next week and joe Nopum's not at left tackle i'm gonna lose my goddamn mind dude it let, let's put it this way if that happens again it we ain't winning that game it's that simple and next week you know at the call to are not bad um are they good probably not beat the Ravens this week with Gardner Minshew. Um, that is the first game, I think. They're 2-1. <laughs> uh, who would they beat in week one? I wonder if we're playing uh, Uncle Rico. Yeah, so they oh, they beat the they beat the Texans, and then they beat the Ravens. So, like, that'll be a test um, because – there's nobody – I mean, Michael Pittman's really good, but there's nobody on that offense that should be able to abuse us. And the defense isn't good enough to the point where we shouldn't be able to score points on them. So I think that game, if we lose, will be really tough to swallow because you, we come out 2-2, two and two, man, I'm going to feel good. Uh, we come out 1-3 and three after starting 1-0, and oh, I'm, I'm going to feel really bad given everything that's transpired here. 
if we lose next week, I'm jumping on the Caleb Williams bandwagon. I still, I just still don't believe we're we're gonna be bad enough for that. Even after this, like, there's no way. And I hope so. Uh, I mean, Colts, Eagles, Cardinals. Like, we could be three and three. Yeah, it's Cardinals. The question. <laughs> Cardinals, not bad. Uh, there's only. I mean, how many teams in the league are absolute dog shit right now? Uh, you, of course, have the Denver Broncos, uh, <laughs> led by our boy, Sean Payton. Fresh off of calling Nathaniel Hackett, the saying he did the worst coaching job he's ever seen. Just lost by 50 motherfucking points to the Dolphins in... I, I swear to God, Johnny, every time that game came on Red Zone, I was cackling like a teenage girl. Uh, I was fucking dying every time that game popped up. And especially when, like, I just assumed the game had ended an hour ago. And they're like, 63-20, to 20, the Dolphins score another touchdown. I was like, this is unbelievable. This is the funniest shit I've ever seen. Um, if you guys are longtime listeners of the podcast, you knew Steve was going to bring this up. <laughs> it, it literally has nothing to do with, with the Rams this week. But you knew this was coming. <laughs> I so my point being here, I'm glad I found a way to work that organically into the podcast and then just had to bring it up out of nowhere. Um, we are I would be surprised if we're worse than the Broncos this year. Really surprised. Um, I think they'll get a little better, but I there is no world, Johnny, where we are worse than the Chicago Bears. That world does not exist. I don't think we have any chance at beating them for Caleb Williams. If I had known that the Bears were going to be this terrible, I wouldn't have drafted Justin Fields. We'll see. I mean, I still think he could be okay in fantasy. The only other winless team is the Panthers, and um, I think they're significantly better than the the Bears and the uh, Broncos. I don't think they're very good either, but... They... <laughs> Minus 27-point differential for the Panthers. Minus 59 for the Bears. Minus 53 for the Broncos. Um, anything else did, did we didn't hit in this game? Uh, no, I think we about covered it. I think the time of possession wound up being... What was it? Da-da-da-da-da. Uh, I'm, I'm literally reading the game book. Um, I'm guessing a lot of people don't even know what that is. It's just like the literal printed out version of the box score that you would read a condensed version of on these websites. Because if I have to hear the Bengals intercept that pass one more goddamn time, I'm going to throw my laptop through a wall. Uh, 36 to 24 time possession battle in favor of the Bengals. I mean, that's, that's it. They, they just kept wearing down the defense and to our credit, we didn't really break, but those field goals add up at some point. Steve's going to be dreaming about that interception. Uh, man, I like I, I I feel like there's more to say about the, the the Zach Thomas game, but I don't know if I want to. I like I feel bad. It definitely wasn't his fault. I well well hold on. It was his fault a little bit, Johnny. I do you really feel like it was the fault of an undrafted free agent to be kind of thrown in there into the mix? 
I don't think it was a hundred percent his fault, but um, because at some point he did start playing Hendrickson a little bit better. It took a long time to get there. I mean, it's kind of a hell of an ask to to assign that to. Uh, I mean, you're talking about one of the better, you know, defensive linemen in the game. It, it's not like he was playing nobody. Well, Johnny, may I remind you of a Monday, maybe, was it a Sunday night football game years ago against the Chicago Bears where Bobby Evans stepped up to the plate and held Khalil Mack in his prime, (laughs) in his heyday, to zero sacks. And knowing what we know now, that man was bad at football. So I think that, I don't think Zach Thomas should have been the guy playing left tackle in this game. I think the Rams kind of left him out high and dry when they weren't sending help his way when it became clear that this was not going to work. But, uh, listen, man, he's on the team. He's the backup left tackle. I can't give him a 100% pass for being this bad in this game. Yeah, I suppose, but... In all the I... mistakes the Rams made in this game, like, as soon as as soon as soon he gave up a sack and the Bengals realized what was about to happen, this, this shit was done. That that was it. I don't care that it was a one score game. I had no faith that they were had going to do anything in that second half once they got their first sack. That was it. They smelled blood. They were a shark. It was over. I never seen an actual shark uh you know, become a human in in uh human form. That was Hendrickson. I normally call them, you know, lawyers, but Hendrickson became the embodiment of a shark. God, man, just seeing him, like, realize, all right, I'm attacking you all game long, and he did. I work for Discovery now, and it is our job to mention sharks as much as possible into the cultural lexicon, okay? But with sharks. (laughs) Um, Yeah, man, I guess it's 12.15 over here. I guess we could just wrap this up. Uh, I don't know if we'll be back this week. We'll see. It's Monday. We're recording. Uh. If not, we'll talk to you guys next week. Somebody will be back this week. Uh, go check out the Rams Talk Twitter feed at Talk Rams if you haven't, because uh, Derek was was not having fun watching this game. Uh, <laughs> you can hit us at Rivera at Johnny Five Not Six. Uh, yeah, I hope next week is more fun. <laughs> Farewell. <laughs>